It's September 2nd, 2020. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, uh, we'll have Wayne Lalugan. He's a senior project engineer at Innovate Hawaii over at HTDC, and he's here to tell us about the PPE Innovation Grant Program. Uh, then we'll be joined by Iris Ikeda from DCCA. We'll have Liam Grist from Cloud Nalu and Andrew Benson from River Financial. And we'll talk about the cryptocurrency and digital currency sandbox. First up, I want to tell you about the National Day of Civic Hacking, which is coming up. Uh, it's a combination of uh, a partnership between Code for Hawaii, Code for America, and the Brigade Network for 2020. And it um, brings together civic leaders, public servants, designers, coders, and, and engaged citizens to partner with local government and community groups to tackle some of our toughest challenges. I will put the uh, link to the meetup on the show notes for later on tonight. And of course, this is going to take place on Saturday, September 12th. So that's coming up. And it'll be an all-day affair from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. And again, I'll put the uh, link to the meetup in the show notes for everybody and anybody who's interested in joining the National Day of Civic Hacking. Of course, now I want to welcome Wayne Laugan. He's a senior project engineer over at HTDC Innovate Hawaii. And of course, he's here to tell us about the PPE, which is the Protective Personal Equipment Innovation Grant Program. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Hey, Bert. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about uh, uh, how, this, how did this program actually get uh, get started? I know it was uh, legislative funded, right? Yeah, correct. Um, the state appropriated um, HCDC um, $10 million in CARES funding mm-hmm. for the Hawaii PPE supply chain program. And, and what is it uh, that you are actually looking for? And this is primarily geared to local companies that are in the manufacturing segment, right? Correct. Yeah, the the grant uh, the program provides grants to small businesses, specifically manufacturers, uh, in hopes that um you know to establish a local supply chain of cleaning supplies and personal protective equipment in response to the COVID nineteen public health emergency. Mm-hmm. And so, typically, uh, what what are you what are you seeing people um, come up with proposals for? Uh, I think, I mean, the, the common ones would be, you know, grants for Hawaii manufacturers to pivot toward or scale up, you know, existing operations. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, we're looking to grant, uh, offer grants to companies that produce medical grade um, PPE um, and even consolidators who could possibly assist with sourcing uh, materials that can be used in specific um, equipment. And also... Um, the innovative part is, you know, grants for innovative companies, uh, small businesses that demonstrate viable solutions to assist with the PPE supply chain. So, so things that right, so would probably be uh, out of the normal. Are you are you looking for, uh, you know, the the kind of the obvious uh, masks and shields? Uh, what else are people suggesting? Uh, yeah, so the, the usual stuff would be, you know, the PPE would be caps, gowns, coveralls, mm-hmm. gloves, the mask that you mentioned, face shields. Uh, when when we say PPE, we also uh, want to include the cleaning supplies and disinfectants, so hand sanitizers or any of those cleaning and sanitizing products. Um, there is also an other category um, that you, if you think again, the innovative part, if you think that you could address the, you know, COVID nineteen, um, we would we would 
recommend companies apply. And again, the other category is approved by ACDC. Mm-hmm. So again, because because we're open to you know seeing what companies can come up with and you know how they can help the local community and you know everyone on in Hawaii. And and so the program's been going on for a little while. I know you've you've had several information briefings, and I think there was one earlier today, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, we actually launched the program um, last month, uh, but there are two upcoming uh, info sessions: uh, Friday morning at eight thirty, and Wednesday afternoon uh, next week at three p.m. Um, more info can be found at hcdc.org. Uh, once you get there, there's a huge banner, uh, Innovation Grants for PPE Supply Chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just click on that, and then it'll bring you to the, the landing page with all the info about the grant program, as well as um, sign up uh, links to sign up for future info sessions. And uh, how's the reception for the program so far? Uh, so far, I think it's, it's been pretty good. Um, all the info sessions that we've had have been um, fully booked. Uh, we've been doing... You know, smaller info sessions um, to give companies, you know, more time to ask questions. So as, as you know, the need, as there is a need for more info sessions, we'll continue doing them. And um, as far as notes and FAQs, we have all that on the website also. Have you, uh, have you issued any uh, grants already? Not yet, but we're, we're hoping to, you know, sort of fast track uh, this because with the CARES funding, there is a December 30th um, deadline to expend the funds. So that's one thing that we'd like to highlight is for any company that's awarded, uh, there is a December 30th date that they will need to incur all the costs. Right, right, right. Okay, great. So where can people go to uh, find out more information again? Yep, htdc.org. And then uh, just click on that huge innovation grant supply chain banner. Mm -hmm. There is a direct link, but it's kind of long to say over the air. So htdc.org would be the easiest. Sounds good. I'll put that up on our show notes uh, for later on tonight. Thanks, uh, thanks, Wayne, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Bert. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Iris Ikeda from DCCA, Liam Griss from Cloud Nalu, and Andrew Benson from River Financial. We'll talk about cryptocurrency. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and The Hub Coworking Hawaii. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I am happy to welcome Iris Ikeda from DCCA and Liam Gris from Cloud Nalu and Andrew Benson from River Financial. Welcome, everybody, to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Hey, Bert. Now, uh, um, Iris, I want to start off with you because, uh, you know, we've had each other. I mean, we've had you on the show before, and this was like at the beginning of uh, when, you know, you were ideating around uh, launching this, uh, this innovation lab, and, and now it's actually come to fruition. So I want to have you give, uh, uh, you know, give our listeners a little background history on how this came about. Yeah, thanks. So this is actually an idea that I've been sort of tooling around for the past year. Um, You know, for the past three or four years, I've been at the legislature um, talking about cryptocurrency and whether or not we should, the DCCA should regulate it or have it be exempt from the money transmitter laws. The legislature hasn't done anything. And, you know, I began looking for a way to explore whether or not you know, more data is needed or just more information is needed to help the legislature 
understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. So last year I started um, looking at the uh, the regulatory authority that I have as commissioner of the Division of Financial Institutions, and I found that the you know I do have some authority to um, launch a study like this, and I look for a partner. Um, the HTGC was you know a great partner to find, um, and you know, because they're into innovation, and, you know, we like to call ourselves the division of financial innovation, not necessarily institution. And, um, you know, we launched our partnership. What we wanted to do was to have a process where we would invite companies to um, apply to be a participant in this two-year study called our Digital Currency Innovation Lab, kind of like a sandbox, um, and... You know, we would issue, I would issue a no, what's called a no action message or letter um, to all of the participants um, because ordinarily you would need a money transmitter license in order to um, do these money transmission activities Mm -hmm. with digital currency. And, you know, this is the, this is our way of trying to, you know, figure out what's going on, whether or not we need supervision. And if we need supervision, what that supervision should look like. No, and that's great. You know, I I, I remember when uh, the ruling first came out and uh, there was a lot of uh, sort of articles about how uh, Hawaii was sort of, you know, preventing some of the innovation that occurs in this this arena of cryptocurrency. And and I really got to hand it to you for, you know, really kind of thinking out of the box and coming up with an idea that would, in essence, kind of create like a uh, sort of a regulation-free zone, at least for a couple of years, right? Right. So, and you know, that's what we wanted to do, right? We want to make sure that we understand what's going on, what the industry is all about, um, what consumers are using this, um, what these transactions for, and if there's, you know, any consumer protection that we need to worry about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, do you envision, uh, let's say, over after the two years that legislation would perhaps make it more amenable to this kind of uh, you know, cryptocurrency business to, to take place, and, and the, the pilot is really in place to kind of prove that out? Yes. So hopefully at the end of this, you know, we will either come up with some um, proposal to regulate this particular industry and, you know, like a framework of how we're going to do it, or suggest to the legislature that this um, particular industry should be exempt from the money transmitter laws mm-hmm. and, you know, just let people transact as they want to. Yeah, and that's great. And and uh, you know, with the we've got a couple of those companies that are representative of of this first cohort and it's exciting to have both uh, Cloud Nalu and and River Financial on. Uh, maybe first off uh, Iris, I mean, tell me how did you how did you find these folks? Were they all writing to you and saying, "Hey, you know, Hawaii is such a backwater, you got to do something about it?" Right. So we had this um, you know, we had this application process, right? We um, we we use social media um, to kind of solicit companies to, you know, apply for the entrance into the innovation lab. Um, HTBC also did some outreach. We wrote to everybody, all of the companies who had previously written to us, um, complaining that Hawaii was so backwards, um, and to tell them about the innovation lab and what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And so, with all of that, we had 19 companies actually go through the entire application process, which was pretty lengthy, I have to say. Um, and 
Um, we reviewed those 19 applications. Um, we did. We were able to select 12 participants um, into the program, and I should say that the um, companies that were excluded from participating were um, were either consultants or they were um, they were dealing with securities, which is not money transmission, or they were um, true startups where they didn't even form their company yet, but they were just interested in trying to get started. Mm -hmm. And they thought that the Innovation Lab was going to help them with that um, startup process. Okay. Now, uh, so we've got a couple of companies, and maybe I'll start with uh, with uh, Liam, with uh, with Cloud Nalu. So, Liam, sure. how did you how did you get involved? I mean, uh, what uh, what Iris describes, were you one of those that were kind of watching the situation and and writing to Iris and saying, hey, you know, what are we going to do about yeah. you know making it more amenable to companies like yours? <laughs> I was uh, super excited to see um, this uh, regulatory group come out. Um, in Hawaii, and I, I, I think I had a Google alert on anything blockchain related in Hawaii, so um, I was excited to get pinned for that multiple mm -hmm. times. It was um, quite popular from the beginning, and I'm super fortunate that we are able to uh, now pivot our services into blockchain technology. So tell us a little bit about Cloud Nalu. You're on Maui, and uh, you know a lot of these uh, crypto companies. I mean, they're they're I guess all over the world, but you know, you, you usually find them in maybe you know Silicon Valley or maybe New York. So you're sure. you're what in, in Kahului? Yep. So uh, we're creating a blockchain as a service development group. Um, so we'll be um, building applications and payment solutions to help businesses integrate their existing infrastructure and processes with blockchain technology. Um, so as a development group, yeah, we're based in Paia actually. Mm -hmm. Um, North Shore Maui, um, but of course, uh, I'll be uh, hiring more and more developers from all over the world. Well, do you, uh, just out of curiosity, are there developers locally that are uh, experienced and equipped to provide you with uh, that kind of expertise? I have one friend here on the North Shore, yes, that's uh, joining me in this endeavor. Um, but it's it's quite a hot field right now, and it's actually pretty hard to find blockchain developers specifically um, across the globe. Just out of curiosity, I mean, what kind of background does a, does a person need to have? Yeah, so uh, I'd go for like a certification in, in the Ethereum network um, or the BAN protocol, um, any, any certifications in being able to um, use the blockchain infrastructure and um, you can basically build new databases for businesses or any distributed ledger technology um, that a business might need. Mm -hmm. And uh, Andrew, I can give you a oh, go ahead. pretty easy example. Um, we're working with a little uh, coffee roaster company here. Um, shout out to Social Hour Coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, but they'll be uh, using blockchain technology to track their supply chain. So through the distribution process from the coffee farm to the customer's kitchen, um, the customer will be able to check and see where that coffee came from, when it was pulled, when it was roasted, um, even all the details about roasting it, and, and be able to track that through their whole process. Oh, that's very cool. So that's a pretty simple, simple example of one of the applications that we would build for a mm -hmm. company. Now, Andrew, with uh, Andrew, you're with uh, 
Finan uh, River Financial, and tell us a little bit about how you heard about this program and, and a little bit about what uh, River, River Financial does. Sure. So a uh, little background about River Financial. Um, we're a Bitcoin brokerage product for consumers. So uh, customers, when they sign up, they can link their bank account uh, and buy Bitcoin uh, basically instantly. Um, and so we, we make it very easy for people who are buying Bitcoin for the first time or who want to invest in Bitcoin uh, to, to kind of have that on-ramp into this because it's a pretty daunting and challenging thing for a lot of people who have never really done it before. Um, so we, we, we kind of take the high-tech, high-touch approach um, with, with both of having like cutting-edge Bitcoin technology and we've implemented some uh, advanced features of, around Bitcoin um, that I think will be more and more relevant as Bitcoin adoption continues. Um, but in the meantime, we've also provided uh, high-touch client services to our users. Um, so that's kind of one of the things that's lacking in the space right now, especially for uh, folks who were you know, baby boomers and, and folks in that generation who want to buy Bitcoin for the first time, like to be able to pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Uh, and that's something that we kind of differentiate ourselves on. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Andrew, now, so how long has uh, River been around? We started in early 2019, um, and we've grown, you know, a bit over the last year and a half. Um, we're now available in 31 states, and we have a team of 13 full-time. Oh, that's great. And, and so in terms of how you heard about this program, I mean, how did you get, uh, get wind of it? Sure. So we've been going through the regulatory licensing process with a handful of states, and so I'm always keeping my ear to the ground with changes at the state level uh, as it relates to uh, Bitcoin laws, uh, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so I had uh, heard about this program through multiple people who had reached out to me and said, hey, um, this might be something you're, you're, you should be interested in. Um, and so I got connected with Iris uh, through some, some connections um, and learned more about the program and decided it would be a great idea to apply. Uh, and so we did. And we're, we're very excited to be able to serve uh, the residents of Hawaii. That's great. And, you know, uh, I, I will, I will want to ask Iris uh, a little bit about the application process because it sounded like it was a little, little bit of an arduous task to actually go through it. But uh, we will hold that thought. We'll be right back after this uh, short break to continue our conversation with Iris Ikeda from DCCA, Liam Grist from Cloud Nalu, and Andrew Benson from River Financial. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors the Kahala Hotel and Resort and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Iris Ikeda from DCCA from, with uh, Liam Griss from Cloud Nalu and Andrew Benson from River Financial. Right before the break, uh, you know, we get a little background on Cloud Nalu and River Financial, but, you know, each of these companies, and there's, uh, like uh, Iris said earlier, there's like 12 of them, and they had to actually go through an application process. So, Iris, I mean, what, what did you have to put together to actually get the companies to apply? I mean, was it a, uh, I know it was a tough, tough process. So what, what, what did they have to do to prove their, their worthiness? So um, the, the application process we used is the same as um, any other money transmitter. Um, so, you know, if we had to, the thought behind that is if we, you know, we somehow had the opportunity to regulate all of these companies, we already have their application. They, you know, they went through the application process. It would be pretty seamless to bring in these 12 companies, um, you know, from day one. 
if we had to regulate them. So mm-hmm. they wouldn't have to go through that again. Oh, cool. Okay. So the, the, yeah, so we wanted to streamline some of that if in case we get the um, authority to regulate all of these companies. Oh, that's a that's a great idea. I mean, why why create something brand new, right? I mean, if you already created a process, why not just use that and, and that at least eliminates the the need to do it again. You know, once uh, once everybody gets approved. Right. So we're all about streamlining, you know, all of the process. And you know, we do know that the application process was pretty long, and you know, the fact that nineteen companies actually went through the entire application process is, you know, in a short period of time, mm-hmm. is actually a good thing. So, Iris, I mean, in your mind, what is it that uh, you would do at this stage of the game uh, for any of the companies? Is it is it that uh, you sort of uh, step back a little bit and then let HTDC kind of run with <clears throat> the the actual uh, you know economic development aspects of it? I mean, what what are the roles that you will now respectively play? So, right now, we are kind of taking a step back. We want all of the companies to get started. Um, with the with the business models that we saw, um, you know, we are going to be gathering information quarterly from all of these companies. Um, you know, we'll we'll probably peer into you know some of the transactions to see, you know, how they're doing it. If there's any um, you know consumer protection that we should be thinking about, um, you know, cybersecurity was um, you know, pretty high on the list of the application process, um, and we want to make sure that. All of these transactions are safe for consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, HTDC is looking at the econ- you know the the greater economic impact to the state, um, and I think they'll be using some of the information that we're we're going to gather through our surveys. Now, uh, uh, Liam, so from from a cloud Nalu standpoint, I mean, how do you see best leveraging uh, at least the the first year that you will participate in in this? Uh, uh, innovation lab. Yeah, so where blockchain technology gets really exciting is in the payment solutions um, through crypto and that fiat onboarding mm-hmm. ramps that, uh, for example, River provides. Um, and we'll be looking to provide that too. Um, we are still in the process of doing our anti money laundering program, but um, in, in the coming months, uh, we're looking forward to be able to offer that um, payment solution or crypto onboarding to uh, customers and businesses in Hawaii. So how do you how do you envision kind of rolling that out? Are you having, uh, you know, I guess uh, discussions with potential companies? I think you just described one that you're already working with. Are you looking at, at sort of duplicating that process across, you know, the, the, the business community on Maui as well as, uh, you know, throughout Hawaii? Yeah, um, that's definitely an exciting uh area to focus on is is helping Hawaii uh, connect payment channels to other businesses and having people be able to come here and spend crypto and buy a cup of coffee and not pay, you know, over $5 for the crypto processing fee, mm-hmm. that digital currency processing fee. So um, we're excited to be on the forefront of that technology and, and looking forward to finding more businesses that are uh, looking to get involved and uh, take advantage of some of these services that we can now offer. Oh, that's great. So, And Andrew, so how do you see your company leveraging this opportunity to kind of do business in Hawaii? I mean, what would you, what, how would you describe maybe some of the 
potential use cases that would start to crop up over the next uh, year or so? Sure. So kind of looking back over the last six months to year, we've had a lot of residents of Hawaii reach out to us who were very interested in using our services. We were not able to support them before, uh, but we're very excited to be able to follow up with them and say, hey, we can we can serve you now. So I think just, just kind of looking at the backlog of folks who were in Hawaii who were interested in our services, being able to serve them is, is, is up there. Um, additionally as well, I think as the, the, the state of Hawaii develops its uh, laws and regulations around this, um, kind of getting a seat at the table to, to kind of show how a cryptocurrency company um, you know, can, can operate, uh, I think is going to be really helpful as well, not only to, to us having that feedback from the, uh, the, the sandbox program, um, but also just from the consumers as well, getting what they like um, and what they don't like and finding ways to improve our product. So some of the comp- I mean some of the people that did contact you from Hawaii I mean what were, what are some of the typical uh, examples of how they would use your service? Sure, most of them are interested in buying Bitcoin for investment purposes. So they they think the price of Bitcoin is going to appreciate, um, you know, over over the next couple of years or so, uh, and they and they'd like to buy and just hold, have a place where we they can store it securely. Um, so we provide the, the the platform for users to store the Bitcoin that they bought on our platform as well. Um, and, and a lot of the, the folks who have expressed interest in our services uh, were mostly interested in that. Um, and we, we, we do cater toward the long-term investor as opposed to the, the, the day trader, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of those users, that they're looking at as a long-term uh, allocation for the portfolio. And, you know, uh, the program is like two one-year periods. So, uh, Andrew, I mean, how would you, how would you decide whether you want to participate in the second year? Well, I think if the demand is there from the Hawaii residents, um, and you know, I, I, I'm pretty confident that uh, based on the application process and everything we've had to provide so far, um, I, I don't anticipate that we would run into uh, you know issues potentially renewing this if the, if the program continues and everything goes accordingly. I think if, if the program is there uh, and they'd like to renew it, we would probably uh, go forward with that ourselves. Um, you know, we would like to participate. For as long as we can. Great. And, and uh, Liam, I mean, for you, how would you decide whether you want to participate in the second year? Oh, I think it's uh, similar reasons. Um, we've had a lot of interest in, from local residents here, too, uh, excited about, you know, potentially having a new way to purchase cryptocurrency. Um, and I've actually had to forward them to River and Andrew over there for now. But um uh, yeah, I think people are excited, and I think that excitement will continue, um, especially as people get educated about how to use cryptocurrency um, and and the value that it can provide in terms of efficiency um, and that uh, investment prospect of, of people that are looking to continue uh, investing in something uh, that's hard um, when we talk about hard money and uh, potentially uh, you know, moving away from the U.S. dollar, and and Iris, I mean, you know, in the in the last couple of seconds, uh, uh, I am very curious to get updates on how this thing is proceeding, and and where can people find out more about the success of this program? Yeah, so we hope to be posting um, additional information on the HTDC website. So if you just go to the htdc.org forward slash programs and the DCIL. Um, hopefully, we'll be posting additional information as we go along. Um, as I said, the 
we're only collecting information quarterly, so it's not going to be happening on a day-to-day. Okay, well, thanks, Iris. And, of course, thanks, everybody, uh, Liam and uh, Andrew. Iris Ikeda is the Commissioner of Financial Institutions over at DCCA. Liam Gris is from Cloud Nalu, and Andrew Binton is from River Financial. I want to thank you all for joining us today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk to Cohort 12 of uh, Blue Startups. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Of course, you stay safe, stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bite Marks Cafe.